I'm Mike Fox from National Partnership and I'm Lindy Morgan from Southmead Development Trust, a community anchor organisation in Bristol. So to, to start again, uh, we, we think to, in terms of making people friendly places, um, people are key. I suppose that's the strap line here really. Um, we're here to talk about one of the largest community-led development projects in the UK, uh, that is the regeneration of Central Southmead. For those that don't know, Southmead is a suburb uh, in northern Bristol and has the dubious uh, pleasure of being one of the 10% most deprived wards in the UK. Um, it wasn't always thus, at least uh, on paper. It was originally conceived as part of a very grand vision uh, as part of one of many council-led house building schemes uh, in the 1920s and 1930s uh, and then further delivered in the 1950s uh, on the edges of Bristol. Um, it was built in the garden suburb style and I'm sure we're probably familiar with many of the principles it followed. So we're talking about relatively low density, car oriented, large green spaces, uh, a wealth of public infrastructure including a, a range of public facilities. I think on this screen you can probably see a cinema even, uh, which for a, a community of this kind of density was quite, quite ambitious. There's also a range of different uh, places of worship uh, and other sort of facilities around um, around the, the main square, Glencoin. Um, in, in many ways though, that sowed the seeds of its issues today. So um, it was interrupted in terms of the break of war, so the breakout of the Second World War, so delivered in the 20s and 30s and then the 50s, obviously money was a, a bit of an issue. Um, low density car oriented development has led to spatial issues in terms of access by means other than the car and uh, it was a concentration of poverty. So I think somewhere in the region of 46% of, of young people and children um, in the early days were actually below the poverty line. And this has sowed the seeds of some of the problems, as I say. So in terms of life expectancy, for example, um, Southmead, uh, uh, the expectancy is about nine years less than neighboring Henleys, but it's not all bad. I'm going to turn to Lindy now to talk about some of the good stuff. Yeah, because we're, you know, we're really talking about um, you know, the, the people-friendly bit. Well, this is the people actually not very happy, not very friendly, turning it around and saying, we, we, we demand better. And so we've got the Southmead Development Trust, which is a charity set up in 95. We, we have a, a, a disused secondary school as our base. From that, from, um, can we move the side oh, sorry, on? Yeah. From that, you can see some of the activities that we get up to. Some of you will have heard about social prescribing. We are in, in partnership with um, our local health suppliers. Also, um, we've got a community gym, cafe. We rent spaces to local businesses to try and generate some of our own income, so we're not wholly reliant on grant. But primarily, we are there to um, work for the community and improve the lives of the community within which we work. And then what we did as part of that is like, well, how do we identify what the priorities are for that community? You know, there's just so many issues. Where do you start? And they did a really good piece of work and developed a, a, a community plan. And local residents were trained to do the um, surveys for this. And they door knocked and, got, and carried out 975 qualitative surveys on people's front doors, as well as various public meetings, came up with a community plan, which then has nine themes with their priorities. And out of that came the, the start of the um, master plan. Okay, so um, 
Organisations like our own were invited to, to, to compete. Um, the images on the right hand side there show you the outcome of a very competitive tendering process we all went through uh, to get the job, which involved quite an extensive level of, of community engagement, including I think there was three days of various drop-in sessions, exhibitions, um, and uh, speed dating, which is the first time I've ever done that in, in uh, trying to secure a job. I'm surprised you won. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time I've heard that either. Um, <laughs> so in terms of the process, it was quite condensed, it was quite compact, but we came up with a conceptual master plan, which we then really had to test with the community because it wasn't necessarily founded on the level of engagement we would like. So we went through a process of, uh, involving many things, many media, such as roaming street stalls, where we went around the community speaking to people, effectively chasing them down the street with a street stall and asking them what they wanted in their community, uh, particularly out of a regeneration project like this. Uh, Drop-in sessions, pop-up events, uh, attending local groups. I think Lindy could give you chapter and verse about that, including a, a travelling teapot for, for more elderly residents. Um, interactive model making um, and attending a local festival. This all gave us enough intelligence to then have the model making workshop where we tried to devise a series of options using this rather nifty kind of kit that you can see on the slide there. Um, and that was tested against a series of aspirations which we, we, we gleaned from the community and also the community plan. Um, this was, we then selected a preferred option from those uh, based on the themes and aspirations identified using the, the regeneration board um, established by SDT and came up with a final master plan which looks something like this. Um, so that would deliver circa 300 homes plus uh, new community uses uh, across central South Mead. Key to that, uh, the key concept really is about, so the, the main site at the, at the centre of that master plan is currently open space and I'm sure those involved in estate regeneration projects will be familiar with building on open space that's underused and unloved to unlock further sites. So that was quite a critical site. That was delivering a mix of housing, health centre, library and other things which then was a catalyst for other sites coming forward. Uh, we also wanted to strengthen the spine to so having this kind of northern um, node of community uses and also a southern node with a community centre which would enhance the viability of the centre itself which would also be greened up uh, and, the local, and the remaining open space improved. Um, that was the master plan, that was done in three months and adopted last September and now we, we've progressed on to phase one. So phase one is the um, main square, Glen Coyne, and we really wanted to crack on because you saw when that community plan was produced in 2015 and when we earlier when it's like, can you just get on and do it? So there is an element of that, but at the same time making sure that we've got really good engagement because I think also re uh, relating back to what we've been he hearing earlier is about community ownership and I know we were talking about economically and physical ownership, but we want both. We want that local ownership in both the, the, the feeling of pride and, and it's theirs as well as physically through social enterprise. So um, we knew we needed to, get, to keep that momentum going and to increase the engagement we really needed to crack on. So in January we, we appointed our contractor on a, on a pre-constructed services agreement, worked with these guys clearly, it's a really positive relationship. And then we had um, the other consultants come in and we've done the engagement and we've just put in for our planning application uh, 20th of September, so nine months. 
we've um, done that in. He's only 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that will deliver around 120 homes, uh, health centre that we talked about, library, live workspace and other flexible spaces. So adaptability is part of that, which I know we've talked about earlier as well, as being an important part of uh, the town centre. Um, we've consolidated the open space into something that um, is perhaps a bit less ambitious than we wanted it to be because of discussions with mm -hmm. the council parks team and maintenance was an issue there. Um, which I know was also raised earlier. Um, but, you know, it, it's actually is, is kind of a blank canvas to be built on. So the idea being that the uh, Glencoins Garden Friends Group could be set up and actually we can develop community gardening campaigns as part of social prescribing, which is in the remit of SDT. So in terms of some of the challenges, um, I think the lower values in the area is difficult in terms of meeting some of the policy requirements, such as affordable housing funded by the scheme itself. Uh, funding, anyone who's involved with community-led housing will know how difficult um, it is to access funding. There's actually no pots of um, national funding available at the moment because the only pot available expires in March 2020 and you have to have completions by that time. And even funding for pre-dev, there was some for that. But we had a creative um, Bristol City Council. We persuaded them to underwrite some of our costs in the event that they'll pay the aborted costs if we don't get planning. Um, managing the local politics, to be fair, um, the, the, the key politicians were wholeheartedly behind it. Um, in fact, they were kind of racing ahead and the officers couldn't keep up, which was kind of um, top for the officers. And managing multiple stakeholders, because obviously health, the library and, and others, lo more local stakeholders has been difficult and the local authority hasn't had enough resource and it's been the community, it's been us. The, the community group that's actually um, enabled, facilitated and pulled together and kicked um, to bring in health, one public estate and all of those people together to make this happen and stick with our programme to give that confidence that the community need. But there's also some good stuff, so I had to get that in quickly before the, the buzzer goes. Um, so obviously it's a different bottom line, it's about quality, it's about places that work for people, it's not about profit. There's obviously a challenge in terms of financing, but you know the end result is actually about delivering more affordable housing, so 85% affordable housing rather than the usual 20%. Uh, greater ambition, people have been asking for things they want rather than things they don't want. Consensus, I think we've managed to effectively bring the council, the community and other, uh, other groups together in, in a way that often doesn't happen, particularly with normal development. And building capacity in the community, I mean we've got some great members of the community who are, who are really passionate about this and are driving it forward and they are the spokespeople for it. So very positive. Thank you.